This week on S4C, we have got some live football action. Not on Saturday, not on Sunday, Friday night. What better way to kickstart your sporting weekend than tuning in with us on S4C, ready for Aberystwyth against Cardiff Met, a battle between two sides, Nev Powell's boys against Christian Edwards's boys. Both teams won their opening fixtures, so three points on the board. I'm just excited for the football season. So hopefully you guys can tune in. 7.30, we are live on air for a 7.35 kickoff. Not much time to, uh, to talk about the game at the beginning, but I'm sure there'll be plenty of action once the first whistle is blown. 7.30, Friday night, S4C. He likes to tell you if anyone will listen About his seven caps his chocolate knees, his distinct lack of pace. Now it's a long shot, but in the long run, your blues will be long gone with the long man and the long man. Welcome back, Longman's Football World fans. We've got a very special episode coming up for you guys. The legend there is, the one and only Mr. Gary Warren. Played with Gaz up in Inverness in the Highlands of Scotland um, quite a few years ago now. Got to know him, realised quite early on from talking to him that he's not the brightest bulb in the pack, um, but an absolute top man. One of my good friends in the football world. Uh, so we basically just sat down had a chat, uh, met up during Yeovil's pre-season, um, newly signed for, for my former club, Yeovil. So good to catch up with him, reminisce about various different stories, just a good old-fashioned couple of friends catching up. Uh, so hopefully that's reflected in the, uh, in the conversation that you're about to listen to. Please enjoy the one and only, the man who can head the ball, 60 yards into the wind, no problem at all. One of the slowest centre-halves I've ever seen in action, Mr Gary Warren. <laughs> oh, Mr Gary Warren. How are you? A bit nervous, ain't you? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't know what's going on, do you? No, I don't. I mean, the majority of people that get on this, you know, I might explain to them what, what this podcast is, what a podcast is. You just haven't got a clue, have you? Well, I haven't got a clue. What's your, what's, what's your thoughts? Do you feel you've been dragged into this? I think you're at a loose end here, mate. You're just fucking scraping the barrel here well, with what, asking me. What uh, I'm going to do with this is I'm going to store it and then I'm going to really just save it for a, 
a rainy day for a week where I just can't get a proper guest, a real one, you know, that people will have heard of. What if this actually makes you millions of... Do I get a cut of this or not? Millions of what? Millions of pounds. How? Well, because once people listen to this, you're going to have loads of viewers, surely. Do you get, like, a cut from, from that or not? You can't get viewers, mate, because there's no camera, is there? Can you see a camera? Yeah. <laughs> All right, listeners, listen, then. There you go. Yeah. You know, so if you get loads and loads of listeners and people like just put it on uh, on Twitter or and all that Instagram. Oh yeah, you haven't got a clue about that either. <laughs> no. You're one of the only. I've got Facebook. I've got Facebook. Have you? Yeah, I've got Facebook. Yeah. Are we friends on Facebook? <laughs> I haven't got many friends. Now. I'm never on that. <laughs> What's your thoughts on like Twitter and Instagram then? Nah, what don't. do you know about it? Because I know the missus will be on it, won't she? Yeah, she's on it. But if I was on it, I'd probably get into trouble. So that's why I'm not on it. What sort of trouble, Gary? Just like comments, like. Just like <laughs> not from very, football fans, fans. Uh, Obviously, women would be chasing you because your looks. A lot of women would be chasing me. Uh, that's probably why I get in trouble. Obviously, nights out and stuff like that. People they'll come back to haunt me. I think. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we we've had some good nights out, haven't we, Gary? Is that when did we last play with each other on a football pitch? You know, we won't get into what what we get up to in the bedroom. Um, <laughs> but on the pitch, we're talking. Six years? About six years ago now. Maybe five years. Yeah. Yeah? We had some good nights out. Yeah. Is that, is that still ongoing? Or, um, you know, in your old age? Do you have to slow down a little bit? Uh, to be honest, mate, I, I still love a good night out. But it's, it's finding the right uh, right person or right people that will that'll kind of, like, entertain me and people I can entertain, I guess. Uh, it's the, the lads nowadays, I think, the young lads especially, I don't, I don't think they really get, they don't understand me, I don't think. <laughs> I'm a bit of a, can be a bit of an odd character like when I'm on a night out. Uh, but I like to think you got me, you, I think you understood me. It's important isn't it, like I've, I've felt it, doesn't matter what, which club I was at, you almost need a wingman. You need a wingman and then you hope then that there's, there's a, two, three, four others to, to create a nice group. There's a wingman and there's someone you just bully into doing stuff, yeah. And that's what you used to do with me. <laughs> I was the one that I was the one that got bullied, and you just say, "Guys, do that," and I was just a dickhead easily influenced. Dip, dip, just go and do it. What, what sort of stuff do you remember? <laughs> I can remember loads of stuff, mate. Uh, Anything we can talk about here? Do you know my my um, my best memory of you on a night out? And obviously, when I start telling the story, you're going to remember it. But I'll, you know, let me tell the story for, yeah. for the millions that are going to download this. Yeah. I remember going out into, I think it was the Castle Tavern in Inverness, yeah. beautiful little pub, um, not a quirky pub, like, a, like an old fashioned, real small, nice ales, <laughs> nice whiskies. Yeah. And then Lovely whiskies. I, th I think we were out <laughs> on a Super Sunday, weren't we? <laughs> out on a Super Sunday, good few beers, going oh. round after round with whoever was out. And then we decided to go on the shots. Yeah. And I know how many people were there. There was yeah. nine lads. Yeah. Decided to go on the shots. So if it was my turn, my turn to buy the shots, my choice. Apple, apple sour so is like go, you would do. I'd go tequila. Of no, course you, I you would. would. You apple sour is the hey, cheapest one out of a lot. Think about but. the Welsh tequila slammers, mate. <laughs> right. I'd go tequila. <laughs> okay, yeah. Right? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You could tell that story All after. Right. <laughs> so I'd go Welsh and maybe a tequila. Somebody else would then get then the next round, get the sambucas in the usual, yeah. and either you got bullied into it or you decided to go whiskey. Uh -huh. Maybe someone said, "Get the whiskey, guys." <laughs> and obviously, we're in this old school uh, Scottish type pub, mm. and you've instead of looking at the menu, you've gone, "Can I have nine nine shots of that, please?" To the barman, 
and he's looked at you a little bit funny and you're going come on mate you know we'll take nine of those yeah. so in fairness to him he did as he was told poured nine shots yeah. or drams as they're called lovely tumbler glasses but and <laughs> thank fuck for you nobody drank it because it was whiskey nobody really wanted it yeah. left it just on the bar ready to go as a team we're going to neck it yeah. and then you were asked the you asked for the bill, didn't you? Yeah. You handed over your cash, cash uh, Put me card. Your card in the machine. And then the fella said, "What did he say? You, you read it on the thing." Put me card in. Five hundred and sixty pound. Type that in, please, mate. No, oh, double took. Five hundred and sixty pounds. Mate, that says five hundred sixty pounds. There's been a mistake, There's, mate. That's not. That's not real. <laughs> uh, only uh, I ordered nine. <laughs> nine, <laughs> nine shots of. Your cheapest whiskey? It wasn't your cheapest. <laughs> You've then looked at the menu. He showed you, he's pointed at this, whatever whiskey it was in the menu. It was £75 per dram or £65 per shot or something like that, wasn't it? And luckily for you, what a nice guy. Nobody drank it and he allowed for mate, us to give it back and he poured pour, it back in the bottle. Pour it back in the bottle, please, mate. That can't be good for the whiskey, can it? The oldest, I should have known when, when he... He got a key, a special key to unlock like, the glass cabinet uh, as well. It was glistening in, had to get in the, the cobwebs off it. Cobwebs, blew the cobwebs off, poured them in the nicest little tumbler glasses. 560 quid, mate. Oh. Imagine if that would have gone through. I, was, I had a wedding that, that year. Uh, <laughs> and if I felt it come out of the bank account, the missus was trying to get a wedding dress, but, you know. Yeah, she, she would have had to get mad. married in a bikini. <laughs> she, she, well, we would have got married, no chance. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, that was a good, that was a good story, mate. I remember Phil Roberts. He was just about to take it. He'd never drunk whiskey in his life. Lad, London lad, ghetto boy, just never ever touched it. And he was just about to drink it, and I was like, no, <laughs> like slow motions, like cool runnings, you know. And he, uh, to be fair, saved it. Phil like, Roberts is a, is a good example of a footballer yeah. who goes away on loan. He was at Arsenal, wasn't he? Arsenal. He was yeah. at Arsenal. Not sure how. Right. But he was at Arsenal, came <laughs> off to Inverness, came to join the Motley crew up there. Yeah. And maybe he was just quiet, but, you know, he was quiet to start with. For, you know, it's a, it's a big bad world out there. He's never been to Scotland before. Mm. And um, from what I could see, you know, took his football quite serious. And then obviously it was the first time away from home. He just went crazy, didn't ah, he? Let loose. Let that, loose. That wasn't our fault, was it? I think he was probably influenced by us. Yeah. <laughs> One night out after another, then a, a tour to Newcastle, and then I think I remember the, in Newcastle that that was quite a funny story actually, mate. When we were away, that was a Christmas Christmas night out, wasn't it? Christmas weekend. Uh, fancy dress. And to be fair, I, I never forget all the outfits. Boys are getting changed. Um, what was I? I was uh, Princess Fiona Shrek. Yeah. I thought I'd give it a go, like you know, all green. Like for like. Like for like. Just different colour. Just, yeah, it's the same big nose, mole on my face. Uh, and I uh, just remember walking down to the bar and just seeing like this, this fucking, uh, what was it, tramp, homeless man sat like at the bottom of the bar, like begging with a sign. Didn't take the notice of the sign to start off with, just just thought, well, we're in a hotel here, this is, why is this homeless guy in it's our hotel? It's a bit wrong with this fella, isn't he? He should be here. And, uh, so they're yeah, trying to order a drink and he like, comes and stands like you know when someone stands next to you like real close and a little bit too close to you, you feel a little bit uncomfortable thinking mate come on get out of me, me you're Give making me space here. Like, yeah and the next thing I see the sign it's like <laughs> washed up Inverness Caledonia Thistle star money needed and I look, took like, one look in your eyes and fucking you <laughs> dressed up as a homeless man good mask <laughs> wasn't it great mask very good mask 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you remember about Phil on that track? Oh. I got. I. He got oh, stuck he, there, didn't he? He was. Yeah, he was stuck there because he was. I think he uh, ended up taking back a, a granny, uh, a 65, 70 year old woman. We were on the night out, and I can't remember what club it was. Absolute one of those clubs where you, your feet are sticking to the floor. But real great night to be honest. Like those, they're the clubs that, that set us alight. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He ended up staying there, Mr. Train, and I, I actually generally don't know what happened to him after that. He him never ever came back, did he? Aaron Doran as well, because they, oh, they okay, didn't make yeah. it back. They didn't have any money. Yeah, that was they it. Lost their wallets, lost their phones. Yeah, it's just a complete mess. We had training the next day, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It was just a liability. But it's funny, funny how like Aaron was a gifted, very good, good footballer, managed managed to come back, but Phil somehow don't think he ever came back to the club. I can't remember him coming back after that. He would have come back, you know, because that would have been the Christmas party and I know that we had the semi-final of the League Cup in the January. Oh, is that when he blazed the penalty over the he bar? He missed the penalty. Yeah, thanks, Phil. Cheers, mate, Phil. Yeah, thanks a lot, mate. Obviously, you boys went on to win the Scottish Cup and good success in, in Cups, but yeah. at the time... Yeah, so, so mate, once in a million chance. This is in the nest. We're <laughs> yeah, never going to win a we're Cup. We're not going to have a chance for this again. <laughs> you meant to be from Arsenal. Do you know, really I remember <laughs> that, that Christmas party you're talking about is... Um, you know, Terry Butcher was the manager, Morris Marpas the assistant, and we played Dundee, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. So you'll remember this game. So you put, you know, for, for manager, a gaffer oh, like Terry Butcher, you want to put a, in a performance to make sure that, you know, oh. you have a good, maybe he gives you an extra day, for, you know, a day off after but the Christmas party to recover. Before, before that though, before that, remember he, we had the hotel meeting and he always used to get a couple of lads up to yeah. speak before, yeah. and you were one of them with Andy Shinney. Yeah. What did you say? Can you remember? Go on, you tell me. Remember you stood up. So let me explain. So halfway through that season, Butcher yeah. decided that maybe the lads would be sick of hearing his voice. Yeah. Tried to give a little bit of responsibility to the players, and then uh, every week it'd be a different two, wouldn't it? So he'd point, right, Gary, you was, and Aaron. It was never me, you were talking so shop. There'd be, there'd be two people giving the team talk, yeah. pretty much, before we left for the ground, wouldn't they? So yeah. go on. This, this week it was me and Andy Shinney. Yeah, Andy Shinney steps up, he says his bit, ah, oh, look, that's, you know, 100% commitment, bloody hell, go on, you know, we need to, need to win the game, blah, 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 it's great chance for us to, to, to catch Dundee United, I think they're ahead of us, or, or try and get in the top three or four. Uh, next, next it was Jonesy, Jonesy's part, right, oi, what have you got to say? Right lads, um, Christmas do's coming up tonight. Just went for the Christmas do so we can have a good night. Thank you. Left it at that. Left it at that. Sat down. <laughs> and then before that, I think Butchers mentioned no mention of the Christmas do, lads. Okay, we got a game to win. Next thing, Jonesy stands up and says that. Like, in in okay. my mind, in my mind, I thought there's no bigger inspiration for footballers, <laughs> no, right? There's no bigger inspiration. So we take to the field. Dundee United away is a, is a tough game, isn't it? Yeah. You know, the best of times. Yeah. It's a tough game. And that afternoon, was it seven minutes in? Seven minutes in, three nil down, and we were just <laughs> looking at each other, thinking, <laughs> Please, "Oh my God, yeah. it's over! It's this Christmas party is not happening for another year at seven least." Seven minutes, mate. Yeah, seven minutes in. And oh you're looking, my! You're looking to your saviours, aren't you? You're looking to, please, Billy, Billy, please just give us a little lifeline here, please, Andy Shinney. And it, nothing was coming. Three nil down. Got to I think like forty minutes, and we're, we're like facing like half half time <laughs> team talk and butcher, and it was. And with Butcher, it was you're getting everything. You're getting everything thrown at you. His fist, his the ice box. You remember Aaron Doran once getting a bottle thrown at his head, like <laughs> water sprayed in his face. Uh, just and you're thinking, oh no. But 
that was at least of our concerns. The Christmas do was the most the things playing for our minds. I think. Did we get one just before half time? And Billy scored right on half time to make it three one. So we ended up going four three up in the game, didn't we? Yeah. You got ahead, didn't you? Oh yeah. I remember the. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, do you, you forgot? Yeah, I just forgot that. So I remember just going. Re- just remind me that one. I'm pretty sure Billy would have got one just before half time. Mm. Maybe he went on to get a hat trick. Mm. No. He, uh, anyway, second half. For some reason, and that was a good Dundee United team. For good anybody sign. who remember, you know, knows Scottish football, I think it was lads like um, Mackay Stephen, yeah, Johnny Russell, Armstrong. But two of those went to Celtic. Russell went to Derby. Yeah, loads of players like that. Yeah, real decent side. Got yeah. back to four three with your bullet header. Yeah, thinking we've won it. We've won up. This, yeah. this is going to be the best Christmas party <laughs> ever. Yeah, Butch is going to be so proud of yeah. us. Yeah, and then we conceded a penalty. Yeah, right in the last. I think Richie. Last minute. Richie, the Richie, captain, came on captain. and conceded the penalty. Yeah, last time, didn't he? So we've gone from 3 0 down to 4 3 up, thinking we're heroes, yeah. to then thinking we've conceded late. He could still cancel this Christmas yeah. pie. Yeah. But thank God he didn't. Oh, it was, it was like so many emotions gone through that game. It was, it was like we kind of like, well, after the game, when he said we were allowed to go, the emotions of like, it was like we won the league. So he's like, going to have a good time in Newcastle. And the boys were like, oh, yes, we could go. And that was it. He thought, ah, we won a championship here. But all we were doing was off to Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good season, wasn't it? That, that was your first season mm. up in Scotland. Yeah. Did you think that you'd stay up north of the border for as long as you, ha- as long as you did and get the success no. that you did with Inverness? No way. Uh, to be honest, I thought I was just going to be out there for, for a year. What's your I thoughts just, when you first went up there? For uh, my first, I think the first five or six games, I thought, well, I'm struggling here. Uh, I'm gonna have to look uh, look at getting out of here because I'm not gonna last much longer. Um, but then, to be fair, we, I don't know what, I don't know why we picked up. Oh, I know why we, why we picked up because Ravs we have Ravs and Ravs got dropped. David so we, Raven, we yeah. started doing well as soon as Ravs was out of sight. Uh, <laughs> nah, it was him and Kingy. I remember Kingy got injured, didn't he? In a big yeah. big turning point. And to be fair, Ravs was close to to getting the bullet. He was getting dropped for the Motherwell Kingy, game. Kingy pulled out in the warm up, didn't he? Yeah. And Ravs played. To be fair, and ever since then we lost that game. We got battered in that game. One of the many games we lost by like to Motherwell by at least four goals. And Michael Higdon and Henry Ojama. Like, they gave me nightmares still today. What a bogey uh, team they were! They we must were, have played them four times, and they yeah, it must have been an aggregate score of twenty <laughs> yeah. to two. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, but no, I could. I have. Mate, I thought I was going to be out there for probably a year, and then that was that would be me probably back down again. Because you, you didn't turn professional until real late, did you? I mean, I'll, I'll say to people, I didn't turn professional until late and I was 20 going on 21. Yeah. You were how old? I think I'm about 25, 26, I think. Yeah. Working as a teacher. So at the time, yeah. what, just playing part-time for a laugh? Part-time, non-league, yeah. Um, and qualifying to be like a PE teacher. Uh, didn't really know where my life was going, to be honest. I always wanted to be a professional footballer, but I thought, wow. Let's get serious, guys. You're never going to make it. You ain't really that good, are you? Can't kick a ball. Can't kick a ball, mate. All you do Slow. is head the ball. How, how can you earn a living just heading a, a ball full of air? Like, no, you found Scottish football. I found Scottish football <laughs> and I suited right into it. <laughs> <laughs> I find butcher and butcher. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it from then. And I've, yeah, six or seven years later. Uh, but yeah, I had, I had some good memories out there. But I think the what, what got us through, mate, was I think the the team spirit and how close the, the lads were at the time like you said we were out we were out a lot weren't we like virtually every other weekend I would say we were probably out 
Yeah, there was something not not old school like the old days where they'd be out. You know, I I played with lads who were from that era where they'd be out three times a week. Mm -hmm. So it'd be out on a Saturday. So uh, Lee Trundle at Swansea tells a story how I think it was Kenny Jacket who came in and wanted to know is there a bit too much of a drinking culture? Are you going out too often? Mm. So he's Paul Trans said, you know, how often do you go out? He's like, not very often, Gaffer. I mean, we'll go out on a Saturday night and we'll have an all day on a Sunday and then we'll go out on a Tuesday. Um, but we used to go out on a Wednesday on student night, but we stopped that. <laughs> yeah. So in his mind, like cutting down from four nights to three yeah. was okay. Yeah, yeah. We, weren't, we weren't quite yeah. like that, were we? We'd just nah. go out once every couple of weeks. Yeah. And because we were having success on the pitch, it meant we were getting closer together as well. Definitely, yeah. Like Saturday, Saturday nights used to be the nights, whether we were home or away, even if we were away, like, and you know what the away trips are like, they're like three and a half hours away, and we still come back at the, ro at the road, nine, ten, eleven o'clock sometimes, still all go out early hours of the morning, three, three or four o'clock, and most of the boys would be out till three or four o'clock, it wouldn't be like, like you get nowadays, where, where lads like drift off, don't they, like two or threes at eleven o'clock, twelve yeah. o'clock, all the boys would be out scraping the barrel at the bottom of the, the taxi queues like seeing they can pick up and it goes back to the point making the point that we were both making you need that you need either a wingman or a group yeah and we just had that yeah good a good dressing room but you knew that there was four or five um i would say six if we'd include david draven but he mm. was never allowed out no he was watching a war documentary yeah yeah he was, <laughs> he was getting bullied in his missus bullied him and staying in like, as per usual <laughs> I've never known a man with so many oh excuses to not come out. I'm playing the piano all night, <laughs> or I'm playing the guitar all night. You know, you sound like you're a fucking musician, David. <laughs> but speaking of like being a wingman, though, mate, we did actually uh, we set up a little uh, a little romance, didn't we? Ross Draper. Yeah. His uh, his future. Well, it's going to be his future uh, wife. Yeah, they're not married now, are they? Nah, but he keeps calling her his like his best mate. They've been best mates for. <laughs> Probably six years now. Right. Best mate. They're only friends, but they've got only two friends. kids together. Two kids together, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah. Why can't you just accept what's happened, yeah. Ross? Your boyfriend and girlfriend, Ross. Right, you can put a label on it now. Because Drapes, Drapes came up to him, Vanessa, single lad, you know, he was, enjo he was enjoying himself. Hmm. And it took it took us two to, to get that man to just settle down. Yeah. Didn't it? It did. It did. You know, really get that man to settle down and become the professional. Because when he first came to the club, oh. I'll be honest, you you can you can talk about me and my fitness levels, which mm. weren't the best. That mm. was a tough period for me. I had trouble with my knee, and I thought I can't even I can't even run a hundred yards. Never mind become a be a professional footballer and play yeah. on a Saturday. Yeah. But then Ross Draper came along, oh mate, my God, and made guy. me look like wow. This guy was a different human being, wasn't he? I was like Limford Christie. Yeah, next to this tree trunk, this guy. I can't believe this guy thought it was acceptable to to not do anything in like an off season and then go for a fifteen minute run on the day before pre season started and think that was enough that would get him through his fitness for the whole of the pre season. I remember him like turning up the first day of pre season. <laughs> getting but getting like rewarded by the manager for being last because he kept going. <laughs> like, oh well done mate, <laughs> you you've managed to keep going and not stop for a twenty five minute run. <laughs> oh brilliant <laughs> have a four-year contract for that he's, <laughs> he's been laughed seven times but he didn't stop what, what is that all about what courage <laughs> that's what I want playing in my team someone who can who can battle on uh, <laughs> drapes what about uh, the debut so the start of that season would have been thinking back now maybe 2012 yeah about 2012 and then you've signed um, 
Ross Draper signed. I've somehow got through a little bit of pre-season to work my way into the team first. St Mirren away. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. me and Ross Draper, centre midfield. I've never seen someone go into tackles the way he did. <laughs> I was looking at him as my partner. Like the craziest, dirtiest, filthiest lunges you've ever seen in your life. They weren't two footers. They, oh. they were like neck high scissor tackles. Oh, mate. It's like they? spear tackles. These were like, he would have got sent off in rugby with stuff he was getting away <laughs> Disgusting. with. Disgusting. I think right. he got booked once. And I thought, yeah. this man oh. is going to have the worst disciplinary record <laughs> ever in ever. this league. I don't and think he's ever been sent off. No. Nah. And Maybe. that was, that, he had Willie Collum as a referee that day as well. Willie Collum, like, he takes no, no shit. But yeah. He managed to get away with, like you said, knee high, head high, neck high, about f- at least five or six of those tackles, like without anything. Just like, ah, just just calm down with them. You're thinking, calm down. It's like, like GBH. <laughs> and then obviously uh, I'd be taking the piss out of him afterwards. Yeah. Fast forward a month and I've been sent off twice, <laughs> yeah. like oh. the only sendings off in my career, <laughs> and he's gone through his whole career with nothing. Oh, what happened with that sending off, mate? The one at Kilmarnock. Yeah, that was. Uh, this is the this is the first time, mate. This is the first time I think ever in my whole life of knowing you. Yeah, but yeah. you didn't know me that time either, did you? Yeah, no, I suppose you didn't. Know so you. maybe you thought I was Even, just this lunatic. <laughs> you could have. You could have been absolutely yeah, crazy, crazy cat like. But it's the, first, it's the the first and only time really I've ever had the red mist on the pitch. You know, you can tell your side of the story now, but in my, you know, I my story goes like this: that we were playing well against Kilmarnock. You know, I felt I was the heartbeat in the middle of the pack. And then Kilmarnock got into it and they changed their formation. We struggled to adapt to that. And all I could hear was Big Butch and Morris on the side just screaming abuse at us. And all I could hear was Jonesy, Jonesy, Jonesy. And um, we went in at half time and they were slaughtering us. And I'm thinking, we've played really well for half an hour. This is not what we need. So I was angry. And that continued in the second half. And then there was a terrible tackle on me. You know, I've intercepted play, middle of the pack, gone on a driving run. I was going to score. I was going to score the goal of my life. And someone's hacked me, Lee Fowler, from the side. Oh, it was a filthy tackle. Fowler the Fowler. And I've got up and just the red mist. You know, I've gone in for the headbutt. I've gone in for the shitty little left hook and just started walking to the dressing room, knowing exactly what was coming. And I think you were, in fairness, you were still in the referee, like saying, ah, no, it's never a red ref. I wouldn't, I was saying, get him off. He's fucking costing us. This <laughs> guy, a loose he's, he's, he's costing us. We're getting run ragged here. This Lee Fowler guy is running rings around you. I'll up and take him off. <laughs> the, and the headbutt, mate. Oh my, what? Oh, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, fucking headbutt. It was like you, like you blew on the bloke. Like, <laughs> he didn't even move. <laughs> and come on, Jonesy, if you're going to headbutt him, give him one, will you? It was like a push, wasn't it? I went head to head and then gone for the little push. <laughs> Pathetic. Pathetic. But the red mist was there, mate. I was really angry. What happened when you was walking off, though? Who With really, Big D. Who really angered you? Who's Big okay. D? Well, Butch and Morris are still... I'm sure I've told this story in a podcast to someone. Maybe. I, I don't know. I have told it quite often, but I went to the dressing room then, and Big D was Terry, Terry Butcher's what do you, psychologist slash I don't know what was his job title. We'll go you know psychology type, and uh, he followed me into the dressing room, and the the anger that I had not wasn't for the tackle. The tackle wasn't that bad, and um, Big D's followed me in, and I was angry that but. Uh, Terry Butcher and Morris were just had been screaming abuse, being negative all through, and he was there for positivity reasons, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was there <laughs> yeah. to make sure that we as players were positive all the time. Soft and flow, soft and flow. And he's come in and he's just tried to talk 
utter shite to me. You know, talking down as if I was a child, and I've just unloaded on him. You know, the anger when you're when you're crying. Yeah. I had tears running down my cheeks, just screaming at him, saying, "What the fuck is the point in you being here? You're here for positivity, and you've got those two on the bench just treating us like that and shouting that sort of abuse. What is the point of you, Josie? Josie, imagine it's a broccoli. The strands on the broccoli are positive. The ends are positive. Positive energy. Point to your future, Josie. <laughs> and your past. That's the sort of thing, thing Big D would say. Right? Lovely guy. Um, I mean, his story is, a, is a, a really sad one for why he got into you know, the type of work that he's got into. Um, but at, on that specific day, Big D, you shouldn't have followed me in, mate. <laughs> yeah. I needed a bit of space, pal. Ah, know your limits there, Big D. Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously I came back from suspension, my first ever red card. Yeah. Got sent off in the next one, didn't I? Did you again? Late tackle on uh, that Ryan Fraser for Aberdeen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was two, two and two. <laughs> you boys really must yeah, have thought you were, you were reckless, mate. You were that season. You were reckless. <laughs> <laughs> so training to become a teacher, guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've mm. I've retired now, and I know that I knew going into football, there's a big bad world out there. You know, you need life experience. Mm. Uh, football is a bubble; it's not the be all and end all. And then life after it is can be tough. Obviously, you had that taste, proper taste, not like me cleaning cars and working in Curries and Burtons and a lifeguard for a couple of years messing about. Yeah, you know, you genuinely had a job. Yeah. So was it? I, I can't imagine it would have been. Was it difficult to? To make that decision to leave that job to become a footballer, what was the difference nah, in wages? Not really. Oh, quite kind of similar, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but it wasn't. It wasn't difficult just because I, I think I've I always wanted to be like a, a pro footballer. I just wanted to taste, like have a little taste of what it was like, like having the full time training and the, the playing it like decent like stadiums and decent grounds and stuff. Um, don't get me wrong, like. In, I, I enjoy teaching I enjoy working with the kids and that um, but I find it like it, was a, it, it got tough because I find like you're doing a lot of extra extra work and a lot of extra hours um, whereas football like is I know it's, it is a tough industry to get into and that but it was I kind of I don't know I just because I always wanted to do it and I felt like more relaxed in that that kind of environment whereas like let's be honest I'm I'm trying to teach kids I'm not the smartest of, of lads. It's not me. It took me five attempts to get my GCSE maths, and even get getting to university, I blagged my way through that. So you went to university. I went to university. What course yeah. did you do? Sports studies. Sports studies. Yeah. And then you were a, you were actually a qualified teacher. And then I went uh, from sports from doing that in Southampton. I got that, and I didn't I didn't know what I wanted to do after that. That didn't get me a teaching qualification. I then went into like like building, like. Uh, I worked for a company called James Pond, not James Pond, James Pond. What a genius marketing. Great, 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 great name. Huh? What did he do? He was a builder. La- landscape gardener. Yeah, yeah. Ponds, making ponds. Okay, I yeah. like that, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you remember the computer game, James Pond? James Pond, yeah. That was good, eh? <laughs> it was good, yeah. Go on, I then. think what? that's where she got it from. Yeah, so what yeah. other games was there at that time on those computers, whatever they were? Amstrad's or? Pac-Man. Pac-Man. Do you remember? Sonic. Um, is it Mad, the Mad Professor? No. Can't remember him. No. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on. Then. So James James Pond landscape. Yeah, James Pond. So I worked for her for a bit, uh, and then I was because I was getting like I was getting paid five sixty an hour for mate. I was I was doing some hard graft then, like slugging round like slabs. Yeah. Like, all day, 
and then got having to play football on a night time and I was like wow I don't think I can keep doing this this is hard so I got to the point where I was like I need to probably do something if I'm going to carry on playing football do something a little bit less less tiring so then I, I had a mate who, uh, who wanted me to sign for Team Bath Not it was, there was a coach at the time over there and he said look do you want to come and play for us with like a, a view to come in like getting a qualification and I was like well don't really know what qualification to get. I like working with kids. Did a little bit of coaching on the side. So what about teaching? So I was like, yeah, all right. So I ended up going there, playing team for Team Bath, and then getting a, a qualification with with them, like PGC it was at the time. And then come out of that qualified, and then it was I was at Newport then, signed for Newport after that, uh, and ended up playing with them teaching a little bit on the, like full-time for the first year and then they we got promoted and then they ended up going full-time so that's when I had to make a decision do I carry on me teaching or do I go with football and in the end I just chose football and thought I'll have a crack at it I'm 25 26 still quite young give it a go and then the main man spotted you, didn't he and then big TB well would it was it TB I wouldn't class TB as the main man no wasn't TB there's another main man this guy he unearthed some gems this guy polished some rough diamonds as he said eyes <laughs> <laughs> open mate this man he more or less groomed you didn't he oh yeah you know, he was a whether there was whether or not there was a bit a of groomer. molestation going on <laughs> yeah. I don't know and I'm not going to ask mate. that's between you and him but you were friends you were close weren't you very close this guy took me out to Harvest Rest, Harvester Restaurant first first met first sign in ended up ordering five meals and like five probably the biggest mixed grill meals you could ever see I, I thought there was five of us coming there was three of us he ended up eating three of these meals and me and uh, my agent at the time ended up sharing like one of these meals and I was like Steve Steve Marcella this, this is the guy what's uh, what's happening here he, he's like ah oh, no no this, this is for me three that's how you should speak I'm starving I'm so hungry I've been travelling all day, you know, because yeah, my BMW is, is full with all my shirts. Because he used to have about 20 shirts in the back of his car, and he used so, to sleep in the back of his car. So this guy, Steve, I started to explain, yeah. was Terry Butcher's chief scout. Chief more scout. Than anything, you know, he was, he was close, they were close, they were tight, he yeah. trusted him, and he was a scout that, he did, he did a lot of travelling, in fairness, oh. and he lived out, out of his car, you just saw his his shirts just hanging in the back of his car, yeah. maybe a pillow on the back seat, yeah. travelling around the country, wasn't he? Oh, he lived there. And he used to live in the in the ground, the office where the managers and that used to have their obviously have their offices. There used to be a couch, and apparently he used to sleep in there as well. Turn the lights off when everyone was was gone, and just sleep in there. But this guy had done some travelling. He like, I think he ended up bringing about four or five guys up from from England. Uh, and he remember one of the stories. <laughs> he was because he had quite a few stories. Not not sure if all of them were uh, were truthful to be honest with you. <laughs> what's, your, what's your memory, Go on, what's I remember the first one. I, the first one I come across was when we were playing a pre-season game, uh, Elgin. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, guys, you know what? It's uh, the, the the lawnmower like, obviously cut cut the pitch, and there was loads of grass cuttings on the on the pitch still. He said, "Right, lads, you know what? See all these grass cuttings on here. Do you know what I did once? I got a helicopter, helicopter. I got a helicopter fly over." And it just moved all the grass cuttings up, didn't it? Because all the, the propeller and that just blew it all away. And we're like, you want Steve? So yeah, so you guys can play football on this pitch. I got all the grass cuttings off. So for anyone who can't understand your, 
<laughs> unbelievable accent there. What Steve was saying was that one day on this football pitch, there was grass cuttings after someone cut the grass and didn't take it away. So he said he got his mate to fly a helicopter above the pitch and then by the, the rotations of the, um, what do you call them? The propellers. The propellers yeah. got rid of the grass. Got rid of the grass. What a favour. What, what a, a mate what that a was. Guy. What a guy. Like. So you, I'm not sure if Steve was completely honest with all of his stories. You know, we, we had our um, differences of opinion, I guess. But he got you up there, didn't he? But he got me up there. Got you yeah. good and proper in the professional game. Definitely. And that stint at M&S, which has come to an end recently, yeah. had some good years for you guys. Great I mean, years. To give it a little bit of context, my first year before you came, uh, I, I hardly played, but Inverness were bottom half team. That's what Inverness were, a bottom half team um, who would struggle to, you know, just staying in the league, they were punching above their weight, weren't they? Yeah. And that was the aim every season, pretty much, yeah. stay in the league. Yeah. And then that first season, I'm not going to give you all the credit, well. but we had a good season. We finished, I think we finished fourth, mm. went out in the League Cup semi-final. Just a huge season for, for MS. It seemed as if. Missed out on Europe just didn't we last game of the season? Last game of the season. It just seemed like it couldn't get any better for, for no. MS. No. But it was to get better. But it was. As soon as you left, mate, it got a lot better. <laughs> well, but I left MS thinking, <laughs> right, we've finished fourth. Um, this and club Hibs have finished maybe eighth, seventh, <laughs> or eighth. Bottom half, they should be top half, thinking, right, Inverness, they're never going to have a season as good as this. Slippery slope. And Hibs can't get any worse on than the rise. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've left for Hibs. You boys go on to win the Scottish Cup and finish third. Finish third, yeah. Finish third. Yeah. And Hibs get relegated. <laughs> I mean, obviously, ah. we, we would speak throughout that season. Uh, what, what was your. Was there any chats within the dressing room about Hibs and that slippery slope that we were on? Because Butcher, Butcher obviously followed me there. He took but, us down. Butcher took you there. Uh, no, he didn't. He did, mate. He took you there. Oh, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. He didn't take you there. I do remember, though. I do remember the, the time that we, we we were meant to play you. Well, we did play you. And uh, speaking to you on the phone. And uh, Butcher always used to do a thing with Inverness, like uh, when the teams used to get announced, like the opposition teams. It'd be like, uh, I don't know, he'd be playing bloody Aberdeen and he'd be like, right, Adam Rooney, the centre forward, he's ginger. And he'd be like, yeah. That, oh, was, that was his analysis that of the player, when he's ginger. Player. Right, okay, what else has he got here, Gaffer? Uh, and then I remember we played, played, played Hibs when you were there at the time and he rung me up and he said, uh, right, so, so I said, come on then, Jonesy, what, I don't know, does, the butcher, does he do this, his old, uh, you know, go for the team and the team sheet and identify the weaknesses and the strengths and all that. So yeah, yeah, he did. So he started off, he said, right, uh, Graham Shinney, left back, technically very good, one of their, their better players. Um, Josh Meekins, centre half, really good, quick. Quick. Yeah. Uh, really good technically on the ball. Um, usually gets the other centre half out of a lot of trouble. Then he went to, to, to me. Gary Warren, uh, very slow. Yeah, this guy's slow, can't run. Um, probably a good good opportunity. He might be able to, to play on him. And uh, David Raven next to and him. Then it, and then it went to David Raven. David Raven, Gary Warren's slow, but 
Dave Raven's even slower. <laughs> the weakness is their right hand side. Play on their right hand side. <laughs> so then I was like, right, uh, Terry Butcher, this is what he really, really thought of me. After all those years, I thought he liked me. <laughs> but we never really had a chance because I never played against you. Nah. Um, when, when I first went, the first time Hibs were playing up in Inverness, I was on the bench, didn't come on. Mm. And then obviously by the next time I think I was injured didn't, or didn't come on again. Yeah. So I never actually got the chance. I don't know if Butcher ever got the chance to analyse me to you boys. Because I wouldn't have been playing, would I? Nah, he didn't. I, I wish he did, mate. But he did love me, didn't he? he? Did, I wish he would have because it would have been like, I don't think there would have been a bad word Although come what? out of his mouth. It was, a, it was an interesting one because at Inverness, he loved me, didn't he? Yes. Like team talks. Oh. Even when I didn't play, he'd, he'd ask for my opinion. He'd ask, you know, oh, if, if Jonesy would have been out on the pitch, we would have won that game. Yeah, Jonesy, Jonesy wasn't there, Gaffer. He was, Jonesy's been away down, down south for the last month. Yeah, but, but Jonesy, if Jonesy was there, he, you know, he'd been able to turn the game around for us. He's, fucking, he's been injured for two months. I wasn't think? injured that season, mate. <laughs> but you think I was suspended? Like, yeah, suspended, mate. Yeah, you were suspended. Red mist, like. But how? I could, I couldn't get my head around it. I'd be sat in the corner, and he'd be like, "Right, has anyone got anything to say?" I'd try and stick my hand up, trying to look like Keen. Yeah, 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 Gaffer. I, I just think we need to, uh, to, if we can, just keep keep it tight. Sh- yeah, shut. Jonesy, what have you got to say? Yeah, and what, I just immediately. No, what Gaffer was? You're wrong there. This is what would happen. He'd open it up and he'd say, "Lads, has anyone got anything to say about the game on the weekend?" And then. <laughs> Usually he'd come to me first, he'd, he'd say, Jonesy, what do you think about the weekend? And then I'd say a point, so whatever that was, say, ah, oh, Gaffer, we didn't play the ball out wide quick enough. And he'd, he'd be nodding his head and he'd say, yeah, 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 it's a great point, great point. We didn't, we didn't get the ball out wide quick enough, yeah, yeah. And then you, you were just like, you didn't have your own opinion, did you? He'd then come to you and say, oh, you'd put your hand up, you'd be waving your hand like, Gaffer, me, 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 me. And say, yes, Gary. What have you got this week? Uh, Gaffer, and you'd copy me. He's playing he'd wide. Say, I don't think we played the ball out wide quick enough, Gaffer. And then he'd, he'd say, nah, you're wrong. <laughs> so even though we said the same point. Well, Gaffer, you've just told Jonesy that's right. Surely I must be right. huh? Isn't it no. weird, though? He then went to Hibs and didn't play me. Yeah, why is that? It, it's strange like how you know your face can fit at one club. He felt he could maybe use me and my deficiencies at the time was that I couldn't really run. Yeah but I had qualities that he felt he could use at Inverness, but going to Hibs, different sort of club, different pressures. I think he liked the name of the Great Wall of China at Inverness. Like that, didn't and he? And you fitted that bill. You and Ross Draper fitted that bill, but Hibs probably no Great Wall of China there, mate, was there? They needed something that different, That was fucking the leaning tower of Pisa. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was collapsing quicker than anything you've ever seen that season. Yeah. My God. And obviously, you know, you boys are seeing that I've jumped ship, I've decided to, try and further my career it was the thinking more money better facilities <laughs> and I guess from a player perspective you would maybe understand that but then the gaffer left you boys didn't he <laughs> even though things are going real well for you mm. and he obviously felt the same Inverness can't get any any higher yeah. I'll go to Hibs yeah. did you take any sense of it not enjoyment because you know we both liked Terry Butcher as a guy yeah nah. we, was it like a you were proving a point sticking it down his throat and mine maybe uh. No, I don't think so, mate. Oh, I don't really think like that. Oh, I was, I was happy you you went one because, like you're dragging us down towards the end. To be honest, mate, <laughs> I thought you your, your best days are probably gone. So I was quite happy about that. Uh, with Butcher, nah, like, <laughs> I do remember Butcher just saying on his last day, right, lads, I'll speak to you all individually before I before I before I go, and he never ever did speak to us. So I was a little bit like, ah, oh, come on, come on, Terence, you know, but. 
I, I'm, I'm happy for him, mate, because he was he was a good guy. Obviously, he brought me up there. Uh, but what you're thinking then, Gaz, is he wouldn't have got the Hibs job had he not done such a good job at Inverness. But yeah. it's the players that still go out on the pitch and, and do the business. Yeah. So maybe a little sense of gratitude towards a little, us a bit, little more bit of like, Yeah, maybe. Because uh, you'd expect that from him, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Because he's a he's a good like he's a good guy like that. Um, he used to go crazy in the dressing room, didn't he? Ah, oh, he was a nutter in the dressing rooms. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you think the guy's gonna have a heart attack and kill over. What hearts? Bloody hell. Couple of couple of holes in the walls there, wasn't oh, he? Wow. Fit with his fist, fist in the, the holes. Yeah, I, he did scare me. To be honest, he was a scary man at halftime. Even when we like were doing well, sometimes he would like chuck an absolute curveball in and just go me- mental just for the sake of it. I think, just because he wanted to let off some steam. Do you understand but, why? You know, I know you've got one eye on the coaching now. Mm. You've been taking your badges, um, still playing at the moment. But are you thinking more like a coach? And you think to yourself, okay, even when we were doing well, mm. he just maybe he was trying to keep our feet on the ground. Yeah, definitely. I think he was good at that. He was good, like in installing that slight like side of discipline into into the club, and he kind of made it like a good. A family-orientated club, I think. He was that was that was I think his his main strength, discipline and good like player management. I think managed to keep like everyone on side, getting rid of like if there were any like bad eggs and that they would they'd be out the door straight away. Mm. Um, so yeah, he was he was good in that respect. How did it go then? First season I left, won the League Cup. Did you win no, the League Cup? No, we lost lost on pen, penalties to Aberdeen the League Cup. Okay, so the, that season so. The season I was there, we lost in the semi-final. Yeah. Season after, lost in the final. Yeah. So made a trip to Hamden. Yeah. Was it in Hamden? No, it was at Celtic Park. Okay. And yeah. then the season after, Scottish season Cup. after that, Scottish Cup final, won that, and in played in Europe then. Yeah, that was, that was really good, mate. Real good year, that. We just like completely transformed the way we played. Yeah. Like under this and the guy John Hughes Yogi, he's really good. Transformed from being like a little bit more direct, but being able to play with Butcher because he weren't just total direct football. We had. We had some good quality in the final third about us. Not at our end. At our end, we were just fucking donkeys, weren't we? Let's be honest. But the likes of Marley Watkins had come in and progressed. Yeah. Marley came in, was really good for us. Uh, that's the, f- the first time I ever seen like Virgil Van Dyke get like ragdolled by someone, and that was was Marley that that day. That's the semi final. He was unbelievable. Um, him, he played well that day. Greg Tanzi, who, who took your place, he was probably sorry, mate. Sorry to say, but. Pardon? Yeah, he improved, improved the team. Uh, Sorry, what? <laughs> just only, a little, only fractionally, <laughs> fractionally. He he couldn't do the. Uh, he was no good at the old uh, tequila tequila slammers, though, mate. Story of that bloody hell. That was the Welsh tequila. The slammers. Welsh tequila slammers. What a night that was. Oh, you. Uh, yeah, so you introduced us to that, mate. Go on, tequila. explain what it is. So. It's, you don't remember basically, do you? A ra- basically a round of shots but a round of tequilas followed by the old cocktail stick in your forehead yeah, well instead but of instead of the normal uh, what's the normal routine well you lick lick salt drink the tequila and yeah. put the lime in your mouth lime in your mouth whereas this would be what, what do we have lick the salt lime in your eye no it, it, yeah that was the end so lick the salt snort the tequila yeah <laughs> With a lime in your eye, yeah, and then a toothpick in your head, and it had to stay there. It had there. to stick in your head. It had to stick there. Yeah. Do you remember doing it with Gary Monk, and um, oh, his yeah. forehead must his have been forehead. so hard he had about nine holes, and it just wouldn't, <laughs> st- it wouldn't, it wouldn't stick. stick. 
<laughs> but then the one time in Inverness that we did it, oh. we were in this bar and it was packed, wasn't it? And yeah. I've gone with a toothpick and I must have hit a vein. Yeah. Next thing you know, there's blood everywhere. Oh, the right. manager of the pubs come running towards us thinking... It was like you cut your wrist. It was no, spurting out everywhere. She, she or he? She. She thought that someone had punched someone me. Someone had thrown a bottle at you. And then I, I then ex I said, that I think someone's thrown a coin. A penny at you, yeah. yeah. And then you, at the same time, didn't realise, we didn't get a story straight. You said, I oh, just picked the scab. <laughs> yeah. Blood was just pouring out, wasn't it? <laughs> it wouldn't stop. Of course, they were on the lookout for who thrown the bottle, the penny, <laughs> and the scab on the floor, <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was funny, mate. And in the nest, mate, mm. you know, from that success, relegation followed. Yeah. Tough year last year. Yeah. Even though you won, you won a Challenge Cup. Mm. A couple of Welsh teams cup. in there, but you yeah. never got the chance to play against them. No. And then just decided it was time for a fresh challenge. Yeovil came calling. Yeah, for, for a fresh start somewhere somewhere closer to home. Uh, spoke to the manager here, Darren Way, who's who been in contact quite a lot really, just on the phone and so I really liked. So he tapped you up? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, I, the no I did leave, didn't they? they wanted me out, they wanted me gone. So uh, so I thought, right, best best for me to go, move on. Um, and to be fair, mate, like uh, come down here and it's been brilliant. You know, I've first, I've only been here 10 days, but it's uh, the 10 days I've had has been been unbelievable it's like just like the standards uh, like training what Cause, like because it had gone down up in Inverness <laughs> no that's a genuine you know you've you've had that oh. success and obviously with relegation yeah not this is no slight on the players yeah, the, the lower yeah. you go oh yeah and, and maybe you just needed a fresh challenge yeah I, th I, th I just think it was like you know you sometimes you can like you can probably outstay outstay like you're welcome at a club I guess I know that mate yeah yeah you do you ask do any manager I've played in there <laughs> Yeah, so that was kind of me. Uh, seven years, six, seven years, gone. Um, and now, yeah, now down at Yeovil. And yeah, like I said, my start's been good. Um, I've enjoyed the first first couple of weeks down here. Um, yeah, I just look forward to just look forward to seeing what what happens next. Really, what the next next chapter, next chapter in my life. And I know you want to concentrate on that chapter at Yeovil, uh, League Two football, good good level. Yeah. Have you played in League Two before? No. So you know your first. first taste of football league down down south, yeah. south of the border. Yeah. Are you? Have you got one eye then on the chapter after that? Because you're 34 now. 33. Coming up to 34. So 33, 34. 20, 20 27. <laughs> That's what you told Darren Way. Yeah, 27. I'm trying to get another three-year contract. This is how I've got two three-year deals the last couple of, couple of contracts. So. But have you got Have you got one eye on it? Because I'm fascinated by Mel that I have retired and I realise, oh my God, you know, in terms of money. As a footballer, you can complain if if your standard drops and someone offers you five hundred pound a week, and you mm. think five hundred pound a week, how embarrassing! But then try getting a job that pays you five hundred pound a week after football. Yeah, you know what? What sort of things are you doing to, to make sure that that transition for you won't be too bad? Yeah, well, I've I've done my coaching badges now, um, like my A license. I'm up up to that kind of level. Uh, I think that's that's kind of the avenue I'd like to go down but I want to work with like the, the kids I want to work with like, obviously me teaching that took me into into working with like with the youth um, but I think coaching I, I like to work with like, like the academy setups and trying to develop and kind of promote them really um, I get on well I have a good like kind of relationship with with younger kids uh, sound a little bit creepier aren't I to be honest mate <laughs> can't get away with stuff like that these days <laughs> right, you get found out God's sake uh, 
<laughs> but that's like, I think that's kind of the route I want to go down. Yeah, I enjoy. I enjoy. I love. I love. I love football. I love it uh, in terms of like obviously playing it. And I don't. I think if I if I was taken away, I was taken out of the game. I don't really know what I would. How I would fill my time on a on a weekend. You know what I mean? I could go teaching, yeah. But then on a on a Saturday and Sunday, there's only so many times you can go and watch like a, a game of football. You've done the strip clubs. Well, strip. There's only so many times you can do that. Like well, with. 20, 30 quid for a dance and no money coming no in. No money coming in. <laughs> the so math doesn't add what up, does it? Know, what are going to do? What about Love uh, Island, mate? I know you're a big fan of Love Island. Do you oh, think, love, can you see oh. yourself popping in there one day? Well, with these looks, uh, it'd be hard because you know what I'm like. Even on nights out, you know what I was like. Deadly. Like, deadly. Real, <laughs> real deadly. Uh, I mean, only have to see the, the birds, like I said, we set up drapes with his with his missus she wanted she you. was all over me all over me but obviously I was taken at the time well not taken at the time she's now my wife uh, and these women have to respect that they, they have to respect I've, I have got a wife but I'm a good looking man and sometimes you know got, going on Love Island to be fair if I get divorced I get divorced well, Amy will understand that she's, she'll, she'll know that one day Love Island if it comes calling there could be a slot for me there Hopefully this episode does go out before the end of Love Island. <laughs> probably has got another three months left. In. You know, it's a long old series. Who's, who's going to win, mate? Who do you fancy? Ah, uh, you think the Doctor uh, will still be in by the time uh, this think, is aired? I think Doctor Awkward could be could be gone soon. Doctor Awkward, he's a little bit too awkward, isn't he? Uh, is, yeah. is Love Island something? Um, is it a big part of the dressing room in yes. terms of conversation? Yeah, big part. Like because I, these these lads that you're spending, I, I say to people how the one big thing about football and being in the dressing room doesn't matter what you know as you're getting older mm. keeps you young oh yeah because you're spending every day with 17 18 19 yeah. year old lads who, I have. who are doing who are acting like those love island yeah. characters uh, but it makes me think that i've got to act like that and i'm 34 33 34 and I've, i'm thinking to myself i've still got to be like these guys on love island to, to keep up with the, the 19 20 year olds so they're like you know just walking in the mirror flexing the muscles and trimming their eyebrows and doing bits doing bits doing bits <laughs> we got the do a bits society club uh, so I'm yeah I'm finding myself doing all these things and I think to myself grow up like come on you need to start acting your age a little bit now but I can't I enjoy it too much you know uh, but yeah like Love Island is a big thing in the dressing room at the moment I, to be honest I try, I try to keep it under wraps a little bit pretend I don't watch it yeah like in front of like, the lads try and make out like you know like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a senior like kind of like leader of the dressing room kind of guy but deep down I love it just as much as the 19 year old because yeah. I tell you once you're out of the game yeah that's it it's only one way look at these grey hairs <laughs> mate, you I've are. always had grey hairs haven't I but yeah, this is this is different level a bit outrageous yeah, now even the beard now stress mate right. <laughs> this is stress <laughs> guys Love Island the next episode is going to be on pretty soon so you need to get off you need to make sure you're recovered and ready for the next session pre-season yeah I wish you all the very best Thanks, mate. In your next chapter with the Oval, mate. Thanks, mate. Any uh, anything to plug? You haven't got an Instagram. You haven't got a Twitter. You don't want people coming on your Facebook. Nah, don't. No, I got nothing to plug, really, mate. Uh, Just you. Maybe my Come next. Down to Hewish Park. Maybe my next book. If I ever release a book. Just keep your nah. eyes peeled for it. Yeah. Eyes peeled. Might be out there soon. Keep your eyes open. Yeah. Perfect, <laughs> guys. Thanks for the chat, mate. Brilliant catching up. Thanks, bud. There we have it, 
Mr. Gary Warren, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Basically just two mates catching up, pressed the record button and more or less forgot that it was even recording, basically. So hopefully we've not offended anybody within that chat. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it because I certainly did, just catching up with my mate um, while he was going through his pre-season training at his new club, Yeovil under the tutelage of Darren Way, also been on the podcast, so any Oval fans, back date, get back and uh, and listen to, to your gaffer talking. And that's about it. Please leave a review, subscribe, leave a rating. Uh, only good ones, please. Tell a friend. This was The Longman's Football World.